Last week we spoke on Lord Jesus Christ appearing before the Sanhedrin mock trial. It was a joke of a trial. Uh, They already had decided he was guilty before he even spoke a word. They wanted to get rid of him. Now we're going to look again. I don't know why the Lord led him in my heart, but we're going to look at Herod, who Jesus appeared before. Uh, we'll probably look at Pilate maybe next week or the week after. Uh, these men had the very God of heaven stand before them, the door of salvation, the only way of salvation, stand before them. And what did they do? Their decision was to mock despise and reject the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder this morning, are we guilty of the same thing? Some of you have heard the gospel over and over. You attend church. You read your Bibles. But maybe, just maybe, you've rejected him for who he is. So that's what we're going to speak on tonight. Today, So is everybody in Luke 23? Let's begin with verse 7. And as soon as he knew that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at that time. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season. Because he had heard many things of him, and he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. And then he questioned with him in many words, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. And Herod, with his men of war, set him at naught and mocked him. And arrayed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him again to Pilate. And verse 12 says, And the same day Pilate and Herod were made friends together. For before they were at enmity between themselves. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you. We thank you again for this time. Thank you for those gathered. Now, Lord, as we... Break the bread of life, please, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Open our minds and hearts to receive what you have for us this morning. Lord, I know not the spiritual condition of those I stand before, but if there's one that needs to come, may they have liberty to do it. Again, Lord, we ask that your will be done with these prayer requests that have been written down and have been spoken. And Lord, I just ask that, uh, again, everything said and done today, honor and glorify you. We love you and we praise you. In Christ's name, we ask these things this morning. Amen. All right, if you would be seated. Beginning in verse 7, it says, As soon as he knew that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was in Jerusalem at that time. Of course, he's talking about Pilate. Okay? After He left the Sanhedrin. They led him to Pilate. He appeared before Pilate. And Pilate found out that Herod was in Galilee. And guess what he did? Well, he had jurisdiction over Galilee. So he sent Jesus to Herod. 
passing the buck. You see, he didn't want to do anything. He thought, let him deal with it. And you know, there's a lot of people out in the world today that they don't want to deal with Jesus. They just soon pass the buck. Oh, tell somebody else. Let somebody else handle that. Me, just leave me alone. And that's what Pilate was. You see, Pilate cared more for the praises of men than he did for God. And you know what? There's a lot of people in the world today that want the praises of men. You know what I've learned in all these years of ministry, preacher? It doesn't matter what men think about me. Only thing that matters is what God thinks of me. That's all that matters. But understand, God in his sovereignty loved his creation enough that he sent his son into the world to die and atone for our sins and that each person that has ever come into the world, been born from the Garden of Eden up till right now and beyond if the Lord tarries, we all are called to make a decision concerning Christ. Listen, Jesus is the most central figure in the history of the world. Now, man will tell you, oh, no, no, no. No, you know, Einstein and this. Can I tell you about Einstein? Yeah, he was a smart man. He had a high IQ, a lot high, higher than Brother Terry back there. Amen. <laughs> but listen to me. Listen to me. Who gave him the IQ? Where did it come from? Oh, it comes from books. Where did the books come from? It comes from God. Understand, but God calls all of us to make a decision. So here's Pilate. Jesus appears before him. And again, we'll, I'm going to preach on that probably in the next couple of weeks because next week we're going to be having homecoming. So I don't know what I'm going to speak on. Something concerning homecoming. The following week we'll do Pilate because we're getting close to Easter. But here he passes the buck. He sends him to Herod. Let me just say something real quick about Herod. One of the most evil, wicked men to ever walk the face of the earth. He's wicked. But let me also say this. You don't mock God. Uh, Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. He had a terrible ending. The worms. Can you imagine? Anyways, that's for later on. Anyways, and when Herod saw Jesus, Pilate has sent Jesus to Herod. And when Herod, and by the way, real quick, you understand this is the second trial. Sanhedrin tried him. Now he's gone before King Herod to be tried. And what a travesty. What a terrible night our, our Lord had to suffer for us. Understand. It's bad enough to be betrayed by someone you love that's close to you. But then to be carted off by the religious elite of the day and to be despised and mocked and then brought before the governor, a Roman governor at that, and then for him to say, well, I'll just pass the bucket Send him to Herod. And it says this. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad. And you say, 
Oh, wow, I didn't know Herod was saved. Oh, he, <laughs> listen, he wasn't glad because he saw Jesus. And I'll throw this in and won't charge it. There's going to be a lot of people not going to be very glad when they see Jesus. Amen. Oh, it says, but he was glad, preacher. He had heard about Christ. Understand, there was nobody in Jerusalem at that time that hadn't heard about the Lord's miracles, the Lord's preaching. And he was glad to, oh, now I'm finally going to see who this Jesus character is. Notice what it says. It says, and when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season. He had heard about him for a long time. You say, well, isn't it wonderful? King Herod could hardly wait. No, you got to understand. Look at the next verse. It'll clarify it for you. It says, it says, because he had heard many things of him and he hoped to have some miracle done by him. Again, the Lord Jesus, his fame had traveled all across. Jerusalem and Israel. And Herod had heard about these miracles that Jesus performed. You see, put it in simple Arkansas layman terms, Herod was hoping for a show. He wasn't concerned somebody being raised from the dead. Spiritually speaking, he wasn't concerned about the deaf being able to hear again, the blind having their sight restored, the multitude fed with two fish and five little barley loaves. He wasn't concerned about that. He wanted to show. And there are people today, they don't mind hearing about Jesus. They've heard about Jesus, but they only want to show. They only want the Lord to perform at their command when they need him. And what I mean by that is, you ever noticed people never give Jesus a second thought, but then they go to the doctor and the doctor says, you're terminal. Boom. Jesus? Jesus, are you listening? I need you now. I want you to perform now a miracle. Folks. Jesus don't put on no show. Understand this morning, it's not about Jesus proving who he is. Understand, Herod had before him the sovereign God of the universe. He had the creator of every substance. The creator of man standing before him. The Lamb of God that had literally come to atone for the sins of the world. He had him before him. And the Bible says that Herod was desirous and exceedingly glad to see him, but he had hopefully, he would hopefully get to see the Lord perform a miracle. Well, I will say this about miracles. I was speaking to my mom about this just the other day. I have no issue with God performing miracles because God can because he's God. That's right, sister. Mom's a miracle. 
Sister Minerva, we got miracles around us. So yes, I believe. But I'm going to tell you something. Only God can. Not man. If any man tells you he's got the gift of healing, run. Or better yet, say, get in the car. We're going to the hospital. I want to see you heal. I got to give. I can raise the dead. Get in the car. We're going to the funeral home. And isn't it amazing? Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, that's what I thought. No, God and God alone heals. Yes, during that time, one, Jesus was God. So, of course, he performed miracles. But listen to me, we have the completed word of God now. Those things were done away with. It doesn't work that way anymore. We've got God's word. But God does answer our prayers. But can I tell you what the greatest miracle is? It's when God reaches down to the lowest of sinners and lifts him up and washes him by his blood and he saves that soul and that heart is changed and he lives forever glorifying God till he's called home or he returns. That's the greatest miracle that happens in the world today. And you know what? He still performs that miracle. And I'm thankful. I'm a miracle. If you're saved, you're a miracle. We're all God's miracles. But here, Herod is hoping, oh, I'm going to get to see Jesus do something. But look at the next verse. This is one of the saddest and most tragic verses in the Bible. I don't know if you've thought of that, but think about what it says. Then he questioned with him, speaking of Herod, Jesus is there, sovereign God, Savior of the world, Messiah, the Christ. He's standing before him. The Bible says that Herod questioned him. Now, Luke doesn't tell us what those questions were. Don't know what they were. But I feel that they must have not been too important. They probably didn't deal with spiritual things. Or Luke would have put it in the book. God would have laid it on Luke's heart to put it in the book. But he asked him all these questions. Look at this tragedy here. Notice what it says. And he questioned with him in many words, but he, speaking of Christ, but he answered him nothing. Could you imagine standing before the very door of salvation? The only way being reconciled to God and spending eternity with God, standing before him, and Jesus doesn't say a word. Would that not be a tragedy? To just have the Lord stand there looking at you and not saying, Nothing. You see, the reason Jesus said nothing was he knew Herod's heart. 
He knows your heart. He knows my heart. He knew Herod wasn't concerned about eternity. He knew Herod wasn't concerned about spiritual things. And there are folks out there today that just aren't concerned when it comes to spiritual things. Oh, they'll listen to you all day long if you talk about sports or entertainment or politics. Believe it or not, people like to talk about politics. I get aggravated when I start talking about politics or somebody else starts talking about politics to me. I do, unless they agree with me. Then I don't mind listening to them. Here's the point. Here's the point. Jesus knew Herod's heart. He wasn't concerned. So Jesus is just looking at him. And he doesn't utter a word. What a tragedy. My question this morning is, you may not think so, but we all appear before him all the time. Does he have something to say to us? Or is he just looking at us silently? It's kind of a sobering thought, is it? isn't it? Now it says, then he questioned with him in many words, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. Remember, they cast a guilty verdict at the Sanhedrin. Those chief priests, those scribes, they condemned him to death. And by the way, as I said last week, they didn't have the authority to do that. But the trial, his appearance before, before Herod is not going as they planned. So they start vehemently accusing him. And what did they accuse him of? What was he guilty of? Well, first of all, they said that... He was an enemy of Caesar. Remember, he don't want to pay his taxes. And Jesus never said that. He said, render to Caesar those things that are Caesar's. And render to God the things that are God's. He didn't say, no, we don't pay taxes to Rome. But they accused him of causing a stir. The Jews literally wanted to get rid of. You know what? I see it in our society today. The world and our society here in America is doing more and more to get rid of him. They want to stamp him out. They want him out of the court. They want him out of the schools. They want him out of the churches. And don't be surprised if one of these days they say, nobody can assemble again. Oh, that'll never happen. I've seen changes in this country in the last 10 years that I never thought I'd see in my life. Do you know they're even peddling? We're talking Nevada here. A bill to have assisted suicide now. Like some of the other states. You say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, there's only one thing wrong with that. 
God gives life and only God can take life. I don't have that authority. I don't have that right. Only God does. So don't say, well, they can't keep nobody out of church. They just keep chipping and chipping and chipping away the Constitution. That's another message. Notice. Chief priest, scribe, stood, vehemently accused him. And Herod, with the men of war, set him at naught. You see, here's Herod, here's his men of war, here's his court. And the Bible says that they set him at naught. You see, they treated Jesus like he was a nobody you see even though we know that he was the king of kings the lord of lords he was the door of salvation he's the messiah he's the christ they see him beaten and mocked and despised and they see him before them and in their eyes he may claim to be the king of the jews but he's a nobody to us so, wouldn't you say there's lots of folks out there treat Jesus the same way at not? Oh, he's a nobody. Oh, he is a somebody. He's someone we're all going to stand before and give an account to. It says, Herod, with his men of war, set him at not and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe. And sent him again to Pilate. So, you know, it's bad enough to treat him like he's nothing. Let me just say this. Jesus, as I said just a moment ago, is somebody. But you know what? We're also somebodies to Jesus. You see, even though we're all sinners and we deserve hell, do you know he loved us enough to go to that cross? He thinks enough of us to literally lay his life down so that we can be redeemed. He is a somebody. And we are somebodies to him. Herod and his men of war, they may have treated him like he wasn't nothing. But one of these days they're going to wish they had had a change of heart. And they would have made the right decision. Sinner friend, if you die without Christ as your Savior, one of these days it's going to be too late and you're going to be eternally separated from God in a place called hell and you're going to wish you had made the right decision. Now, here's something I find interesting. They mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe. Well, I'm going to tell you, we're going to see him arrayed one day. All of his glory. We're going to see him as he is. King of kings. Lord of lords. Every kneel bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we're going to see him in his glory. I can't even fathom what it will be like. But I do know this. We're going to see him arrayed. And it says this, 
They sent him again to Pilate. Again, they had an opportunity to make a decision, and they didn't. They send him to Pilate. Look at what it says in verse 12. And the same day, Pilate and Herod were made friends together. See, before, they were mad at each other. They were enemies to each other. But now, they're good buddies. What made them good buddies? The rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ is what made them buddies. Misery loves company. Oh, they're good buddies now. Because they have something in common. They have mocked and rejected the only Son of God. I'll ask you this morning, what do you have in common with the world? I'm going to tell you, I stick out like a sore thumb. I have nothing in common any longer because this place ain't my home. I am peculiar. Call me peculiar. You'll be saying something that is true and you'll be encouraging me. Tell me I'm peculiar, and don't just say looking. I'm peculiar because of what Christ did for me. He changed me. I once stood before him, lost, undone, headed to hell, but through faith, he saved me. And he spoke to my heart through his spirit, the Holy Spirit. And now I'm free. Now I'm saved and I have nothing in common with this world. It's not my home. My home's there. But listen to me. spoke to me there's folks out there the word of God says in Romans 1 that they don't even want to retain the knowledge of God can you imagine who would be that don't want to even recognize or retain or have any thought or consideration about God I will say it one more time if you aren't saved As you stand before the Lord, if he doesn't speak to you, you are in bad shape. I pray everybody here has been spoken to. I pray everybody here has made a decision concerning Christ. Do not be as the Sanhedrin, chief priest. Scribes, do not be like this Herod. Do not be like Pilate. But be as a little child. That's how he wants us to come. Completely and totally trusting him by faith with all of our heart. Like a little child. Our kids, when 
They come into the world, they totally have to trust us for everything. They rely upon us and they trust us 100%. I remember when Renee was little, we went up to Crystal Springs. She was a little thing. I don't know how old she was, but she was tiny. And we were at the lake. And I said, jump off. I'll catch you. And you know that little thing didn't say no or back up or under a mom. She just jumped off. Have you jumped off today in faith and trust for Christ? That's what you have to do. If you're here and you're not saved, jump off. I assure you, he'll catch you and he'll save you. Amen. So, in close. Poor Poor old Herod. God of heaven standing right before him. And all he could do is, I hope to see him perform a miracle. I want to see him put on a show. Let's see if this Jesus is something. It's, it, it's got to be impossible. I'm sure Herod it ran through his mind. Oh, it's imposterous to believe this man can do anything. He could and he did. But he stood before the door of heaven and allowed the door of heaven to be closed. Once the Lord closes the door, it's closed. There's no second or third or fourth opportunity. Because we don't know. Sometimes God does deal with you more than once. He dealt with me for a while. There's other times, God knows your heart. He already knows because he's God that you're just not going to. So he moves on to someone that will be receptive. So who are you this morning? What decision have you made?